Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Arone Sports Podcast. December 20th, 2018. Christmas week here. It's uh, your host, Frank Arone, as always. And uh, we're a day late here. We push it back to a Thursday. Figure there's no Thursday game, so we're not really hurting ourselves in that regard at all this week. And everyone's busy traveling. I know Rob's coming back from Vegas. Uh, I know my dad's coming back to town from Vegas. I was up up north for work and finally just got back home here and getting ready for a uh, long Christmas weekend. So couldn't be uh, more happy for this time of year. But uh, let's bring in uh, Crop from upstairs, freshly back home. How are you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. Like you said, got in from Vegas last night. Had a little bit of a jet lag, I guess you could say. A uh, long, long day and a half it was uh, between everything we did uh, Tuesday and then the you know, traveling on Wednesday. So it's pretty tired and... Uh, Needed a little bit of a rest, so it was good to, to get home and recoup a little bit and get back in the swing of things, uh, per se. Yeah, it was kind of refreshing not have to worry about figuring out who you're going to start for your fantasy for that Thursday night game, and I have not even to worry about that till Saturday, at least, this week. Yeah, there you go. For anybody. Yeah, for me, I've, I ain't going to win three <laughs> leagues, and I don't have to worry about fantasy for the last week or two weeks now. It's been pretty nice. I was going to say, for people that are actually halfway decent at it, because oh. it's a straight skill sport, and yeah. they're actually in their championships. Yeah, what, when's your book coming out about it? Are you, you writing something, <laughs> aren't you? Uh, yeah, anyway, that's a, another topic for another day. We can make a whole separate podcast about how much better uh, sports betting is than fantasy. Even when stuff's not going your way, it still seems you know more fair or what have you. But anyway... Um. All right. Well, let's uh let's just jump right into it, huh? And do uh, start it off with a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So this is first weekend in a while where uh, we both haven't been here to watch the games. I don't know what what was your setup like there out in Vegas? Did you, did you have your four TVs going or? Yeah, I had five, but it's pretty unfortunate. My one TV, it's got one HDMI on the back uh, of the TV. Uh, and then one on the side, and I have a mount on there. That's my main screen I use for my my computer setup because my typical setup is my computer with two uh, two big screens on the wall. So that's my main uh, primary monitor when I'm there. And unfortunately, that left side, the you know the side HDMI, something happened where it broke where it went inside the TV. So I'm kind of down an HDMI port, and then the other HDMI port on the TV you can't get to because it's covered up by the mount. So <laughs> it's uh you know a little bit of a a little bit of a disaster there trying to figure out how to get that done so there's no other ports on there or anything either so um yeah a little bit of a disaster so i had to go uh one tv down and one monitor down for my computer setup so yeah i only had four screens uh, to watch football it's kind of a brutal half as much as i uh, would here 
Well, how did it go from a betting perspective then? Did you, you power through there and make her through the one screen down? Well, yeah, l- luckily uh, I don't have to watch all the screens in order to get bets home. Uh, that's, that's a good thing. So, uh, yeah, uh, all in all, the weekend recap, yeah, for me, it's pretty good. I had a pretty good week, especially Sunday. Um, couldn't complain at all. Uh, everything's pretty clearly kind of like how I've seen it all year. It seems like it's been, you know, have a pretty good beat on a lot of these teams. And then the ones I don't, I kind of know that. So I kind of just, you know, refrain from betting them, but... Yeah, Sunday 3-0, had a late release there on Philadelphia over. We'll get to that game here in the next segment. Uh, barely got there at the end, but biggest play, one of my biggest plays of the year there, Tennessee plus one and a half, two-unit play, and uh, got there pretty easy fashion. Never really never really a sweater in that one, and same thing with my Indianapolis minus three, never really a sweater in either, either one of those two games, and I like those two plays pretty much all week. I released them on Friday, I think it was, or Thursday, one of the two, and Line both those lines moved in my favor, specifically that Tennessee. That 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 one moved a lot, as you know. And but yeah, all in all, it's a pretty good day. It would have been nice for um, that Thursday night game. I had that under Chargers Kansas City under like that one quite a bit and looked pretty good the whole way. That one was pretty much on pace to stay under. But then uh, it's kind of tough when you get 15 points and whatever that was the last four minutes of the game or whatever what, what, what have you. And that was uh, you know, it's pretty tough to to stay under when you're getting that many points in such a short time span. So that one uh, got pushed over there by a couple points and. Uh, Kind of a bad beat there, if I say so myself. Yeah, I um, a couple of plays I really liked was uh, Tennessee and put a unit and a half on, and then Indy that I think we were both in favor of, and those were pretty much never in doubt. Right side winners, not a whole lot of sweat there. Um, kind of a frustrating week because there's a couple sides I liked that I didn't quite fire on. Like the Steelers, I liked getting points against the Pats, and they went out right. And then, you know, I thought the Vikings were going to win fairly easily, and they did. Uh, but I didn't, didn't profit at all from that. But then I talked myself into later there once the the lines started plummeting a little bit, uh, like Baltimore Tampa game over forty four and a half. That was, I thought, just uh, when you looked at the uh, Baltimore KC total from. The week before, or two weeks before, whatever it was, I think it was just a week before. Um, I think I kind of pegged Tampa as a similar team to um, to Kansas City, where they have a pretty good offense that could score or even turn it over more so, as you maybe even cause more points, and a pretty lackluster defense. So I just didn't think the uh, adjustment down the total really made a whole lot of sense. But then I realized I uh, should have done my due diligence more so because. A lot of that total had to do with uh, the, just a downpour and rain in the, a lot of the East Coast. So that uh, was something that they actually moved the ball fairly fairly well for the, those conditions, but still uh, ended up fall, falling well short of the 44.5 total. So that's just something to uh, to keep in mind as going forward, I guess, for especially for total type plays like that. Uh, you know, if, if a number is dropping. Definitely double check the weather report and make sure that that's not the cause for it. I just figured it was more, uh, no more sharp money or you know whatever, quote unquote sharp money on the Baltimore under because it seems like they've been getting hit every week because of the Lamar Jackson running the ball and everything, which does does uh, you know, run off the clock. But uh, I just thought it kind of went a little bit too far there. But maybe it was more due to the weather, and uh, that was just my bad on that one. So overall, it it another like okay week wasn't terrible wasn't great uh but getting getting down towards the end of the year here where it's uh just kind of looking to get some traction just haven't really done it this year it just hasn't been uh hasn't been a great year for me overall so i, I haven't 
hardly had too many weeks where he just absolutely crush it, where it seems like last year and the year before there was at least a few weeks where just every, everything kind of goes your way and you go, you know, four and four and oh or three oh and one or something like that. And I just really haven't had that this year. So a little bit aggravating, but that's the way it is. Uh, so let's, let's see. Uh, I think you said, we've mentioned before that there was uh, quite a few games here where number came into play. So let's go ahead and do the getting the best of the number segment here for week 15. Getting the best of the number. All right, so which games did the number come into play last week there? Yeah, like you mentioned, had a handful. Uh, I'm pretty good uh, crop to choose from here from uh, getting the best of the number of games. Uh, we'll start off here with Houston Jets. Uh, New York Jets are on Saturday night. That game opened Houston 6.5, closed as high as 7.5 or 8, and that one landed 29-22 right on 7. Uh, I'm just using the opener what we did on the podcast last week, which is from the Westgate. So, um, yeah, that one, a perfect example there, went right through the key number of seven. And like we said all the time on the podcast, uh, you know, that number seven is the second key number in the NFL. And it you know, proves, proves to be true here again, uh, and landing right on seven. Another one that's kind of uh, didn't look like that at all. If you look, if you watch the game, it was pretty, you know, lucky per se to, to land right on seven the way that game played out. But uh, again, just uh, it doesn't really matter how, it's just a matter of what it lands on. So that's one. And then we had another one, uh, Oakland-Cincinnati total. Open 45 and a half, closed uh, 46, 46 and a half. This one landed 30 to 16, right on 46. Um, so yeah, they could have bet it either way there to win again on that one. And um, the next one, Tampa Bay, Baltimore side. We had Baltimore seven and a half on the opener. Uh, it closed. Tampa was as high as eight and a half or nine, getting points uh, at, at close. That, that one landed 20 to 12, kind of similar to that Houston Jets game, same uh, range and uh, point spread. And 20 to 12 was the final, landed right on eight. And finally, like I alluded to in the last segment, my uh, one of my picks there, uh, release plays, Philadelphia Rams over. That one actually opened 54, and um, it closed 53, 53 and a half, but uh, throughout the week it got as low as 51 and a half, I think I saw, and I, I got it at that myself, and I think 52 is what I released it at, at roansports.com, and that one landed 30 to 23, so landed right on 53, so... Perfect example there of uh, getting getting it, getting it when it's good, getting it when it's the best of the number, and I just saw that it got a little bit lower, and I just thought that was too low, and uh, obviously uh, it paid off there. Yeah, that's uh, it's always nice when there's plenty of examples where we always preach, you know, get the best of the number, get the best of the number, and uh, it's nice when there's multiple examples of where that really pays off for you. Yeah, and I think something to note, too, it's something – small sample size obviously one week but i think i'm not really surprised that you get more of these type of games as it gets later into the season because these numbers are going to get more stats you're going to get more uh you know data and everything on these teams throughout the season so in theory these lines are going to be more you know quote-unquote sharp so um it's not really a surprise it's going to be more around the number than i think if anything it's even more key to get uh, good numbers here at the late late in the season yeah the markets are going to be tighter more efficient and uh more hammered out so you'd expect that the, you know, you have a more accurate assessment of the teams. It's going to fall within that range more often. So I think there's definitely some logic behind that. So yeah, that's a good point. And you would expect that outside of these weeks where you have quarterbacks sitting in and out, uh, but just like normal games here later in the season, you'd expect the lines to be not probably not move quite as much. Uh, more so too, because since the teams are more of a known commodity at this point, but. Anyway, all right, let's uh, well, let's jump into it and start attacking this week 16 slate here. 
Yeah, let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's break down these games. All right, so now we got two Saturday games, and then, what, 13 Sunday games, and then one Monday game, so basically we just lose the Thursday game, and then we just have the two Saturdays again. So the first one is the Red Hot Washington Redskins <laughs> Red Hot Tennessee. <laughs> Josh Johnson, your boy behind center again. Uh, looks like Tennessee is a 10-point home favorite with a total of 37, 37 and a half. Yep, every week uh, I'll do this, but I'll just uh, briefly go over it again. I'll get my power rating, which is my number that I have these two teams rated at uh, with home field advantage included. I'll get the Westgate uh, Superbook there in Las Vegas, uh, one of the sharper books, their, their opener, and as well as the look headline from the week before, and then the total, what it opened there at the Westgate. So, uh, yeah, Washington, Tennessee, let's get at it. Power rating here, Tennessee, minus 10.5. Westgate open, Tennessee, minus 10. Uh, no look headline available for this game, and the total here open 37. Uh... Uh, yeah, to be honest, I don't have much on this game. I, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, uh, I was on Washington last week. I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit. I didn't release it as a play. I, I said it all along all week about how this line's ridiculous. Washington shouldn't be uh, getting 7.5 points uh, against Jacksonville. Jacksonville just really shouldn't be laying that many points against anybody. I mean, specifically when, when they have a Bortles-type quarterback, but when they arguably, I think at this point, you can say pretty convincingly downgraded a quarterback. And laying over a touchdown is just uh, mildly ridiculous, and, and I jumped on it at, uh, myself by the time I was waiting for the number to get higher, and then I kind of, uh, I got it, but, but by that point it was a little bit too late to release it, uh, to have a fair chance at, uh, at a play there on, on a release, uh, on the Rowan Sports release page, so uh, I bet it myself and made money, but uh, unfortunately I couldn't get it to any of the followers, but this one's a little bit different story now, I mean you look at a Tennessee team, yeah, uh, they're okay, they're rolling a little bit I guess you could say, but uh, it's just hard for me to say. You know, t- 10 points, now double digits, it's just a whole different monster. And then you look at the other token of the coin, you have Washington with, uh, after a big win, like I said, getting more than a touchdown and not winning outright, that's just a you know, big moral victory for them. So they're going to be uh, in high spirits, they're going to be a little bit fat and happy coming off of the last game, and you know they can't stop, obviously, they're still in a playoff, playoff hunt, quote-unquote, but uh, uh, you know, it seems, seems to me like they'd, they're a little bit, uh, that game was, I think, I don't know if they necessarily should have won, but they they played tough and they played good. And I think Johnson he looked he looked decent, but it's one of those deals. I don't know if I really have a lot of faith for him to go into Tennessee now and and do a same you know similar type of performance and a similar type of point spread range. So all that being said, I feel like that was kind of like a you know one one off effort for him. I don't really see this coming again. But like I said, it's hard for me to lay this many points with Tennessee. And uh, that, one thing to note is that low total uh, correlated with that big point spread, kind of like pretty much the exact same thing we saw last week with the. Seven and a half, eight, and then, uh, or I think whatever, seven and a half, and then that similar uh, total range here. So kind of interesting to note how low this total is, even though there's a high point spread. But yeah, all in all, it's just uh, tough for me to make any kind of case for either of these two teams. Maybe maybe Tennessee and a tease if you had to go anywhere. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating because I know I mentioned on the pod last week, I'm like, basically said, made the same case. Jacksonville shouldn't be laying a touchdown or over that or near that to anybody. And uh, Washington, their whole year basically, I mean, Alex Smith was. It's obviously a lot better than Sanchez or or Johnson, but it's not like he was carrying the team by any means. So they were getting it done mostly on their defense and even with the running game a little bit with AP when some he's randomly got going a couple times. So I was making the case a few weeks ago when I took took Sanchez and then we you know that went against the Giants when it was just an abject failure and total disaster. Then I talked a bunch last week about coming right back and firing with him and Johnson had to be an upgrade from that. And then as it approached game time, I, was, I started to look at it and like, well, if they're catching seven and a half and the total's 36, 
I'm like, at that point, I mean, obviously it didn't work out, but I'm like, if you get the over, if Johnson's an upgrade from Sanchez or, and they can put up, you know, 17 points and they, if Jacksonville can just match them, basically, you're going to get that over. So I kind of a convoluted thought process there that made sense at the time, but obviously did not work out. And the game was like the exact epitome of where you'd want to take the points instead of going the total route. And uh, the one t- touchdown that Jacksonville did score was completely fraudulent, too, as a kick return right before half there that <laughs> somehow gave the total a tiny bit of life. But I think uh, Washington was pretty much just right side, better team. As the time thing with like a team like Jacksonville that had really high hopes coming into the year, and now they're well dead for the playoffs. It's uh, those are the type of teams where the motivation really comes into question, and we kind of talked about it last week, uh, but I didn't uh, didn't profit off it myself, which is kind of frustrating. And as far as this goes, I like Tennessee, but there's not a team I want to lay double digits with. They're just kind of more of a grinded out plotter team that doesn't really move the ball downfield super efficiently. And, you know, Derrick Henry can maybe break off a big run or two, or Mariota maybe will hook up with Corey Davis or something downfield. But I don't. they're not a team that I want to sit there and have them be up four late in the game and hoping for them to to, to keep pressing the, the pace and score another touchdown. They're just not, not that type of team. But on the flip side, it feels like Washington coming off a win – with his, I mean, they, they do have their playoff hopes alive, but it just feels like they're not a team that really want to be backing off a win. So that's, I think that's probably the way I would look, especially Tennessee coming back home. But I mean, they're at eight and six. They're they need a win too to, to stay alive in the playoff race. So uh, I don't think motivation is really going to have an edge either way here. But if if the thing would keep me off of Washington here would be if they get down with their quarterback situation and and everything. I think they might kind of start to hang their heads a little bit know that realistically their season's pretty much over. So I really have no opinion on this one for the most part. Uh, next game is a pretty good one here on Saturday night. We got Baltimore heading to the Chargers. Let's say the Chargers are four and a half point home favors with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Chargers four and a half, Westgate open, Chargers minus five. No look at line available for this game and the total here open 45. Uh, right out of the bat, a little downward, downward play on that total under. Uh, yeah, as, as, as from a side perspective here, though, I don't, uh, really have no opinion. I just, I, I know, uh, I heard a handful of people here this week make the case for Baltimore. I just don't, uh, other people I've, uh, listened to, but it's just, yeah, I just don't really see it. I don't really, I don't really trust this team. Um, I, I guess it really comes down to I don't trust either, either one of these two teams. I mean, we talk about it over and over again, I mean, we don't trust the Chargers in a role like this where they're, where they're laying points more than a field goal specifically. Uh, I just don't like the Chargers in this kind of spot. Um, it seems like they kind of, a little bit like Pittsburgh, they kind of played their competition to an extent. I think I kind of, you know, you can kind of say that, uh, you know, everyone, and then they do have a, a couple performances throughout the year where they kind of blow the doors off. But yeah, it seems like they're kind of more of a play to their competition type of team, which I think kind of bodes with the whole not laying more than the field goal type of uh, strategy. But um, I, I'm pretty high on the Chargers team, but, uh, and then they look at Baltimore, which I'm not too high on at all, but. At the same time, good defense. I think the defense is pretty hard to argue with. I just I don't think I don't think that offense is going to have much success. As I know, uh, uh, I think Fezzik on a different uh, podcast he's talked about, it, which is a pretty good point. How Baltimore, how the, the defenses they played, um, been like the worst six defenses in the league for uh, you know Baltimore to play. 
which is pretty hard to argue and pretty ridiculous, uh, the, the odds of that to happen uh, for Lamar Jackson being a rookie quarterback, being able to play such soft defenses. It's uh, a huge help. So now you're going to have to take a huge step up in class, and this Chargers defense has been pretty solid all year long and seems like, if anything, it's getting better. And um, uh, not better, but at least, uh, you know, at least uh, getting top part of the league, I would say, for sure, for a defense. So it'll be interesting to see if Baltimore will be able to move the ball at all. I would kind of uh, bet against that. Uh, so, yeah, with with all that being said, I think I agree with that total move under, but now you're talking about a little bit uh, 43 and a half, 44. It's a little bit harder to, to back now at a key number uh, around 44. So um, probably won't be in, involved now that they lost, lost some money there, but I do agree with that move uh, under the total. Yeah, I like the Chargers here quite a bit. I don't really understand this. The Chargers went into Kansas City and, and beat Kansas City, and I'd say at this point they're probably equal teams, I'd say. And a couple of weeks ago, Kansas City was laying six and a half, seven at home. And I know their home field's a little bit stronger than the Chargers. So, granted, you can take that, but you got Baltimore heading to cross country and playing a late primetime game on the West Coast, which I know is an awful spot for a, an East Coast or Midwest team to be in. That late game where your, your body, you know, is just kind of tired when it's whatever time that game is going to end at 11.30. Uh, East Coast time with the travel and everything. And then you got the Chargers. Uh, I think they're the exact type of team that is more likely to stop Baltimore than a team like Kansas City, even though they're maybe somewhat equal. The Kansas City against the run is just pretty poor. And that was even when I bet Kansas City is my pick of the week a couple weeks ago. When that game started and just, you know, as it started on full there in the first quarter, I knew they were, my bet was still alive, but I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of a, somewhat of a troubling matchup here for Kansas City. Now, if they don't have a couple big touchdowns here early, this is going to be a grinded out game for Baltimore. And I think it's kind of the same here, but I just, the Chargers have one of the better run defenses in the league. So I just don't think that Baltimore is going to have much success whatsoever. Uh, so I just think this is kind of a similar spot where if the Chargers get up early, you're in really good shape. And even if it's kind of close early, I still think you're pretty live. So I just, if you look at all the possible ranges of outcomes for this game, I just think the Chargers cover way more often than not. And uh, I, I heard the same thing from Fez about how poor the defenses that Lamar Jackson's played. And you just look at his stats and then the eye test and everything. Everything just says this is a gimmick that's not gonna not gonna last. And once they go up against a good run defense. It's uh, that's all she wrote. So I'm uh, pretty heavy on the Chargers here this week. I like them quite a bit, and now they're getting Keenan Allen back and Owen Gordon back. So they're going to have their full range of weapons for Philip Rivers, and you could make the case that oh, it's a bad spot after they had that huge win at Kansas City, but they had a little couple extra days to get over it uh, since it was a Thursday nighter, and now they're fighting tooth and nail here with Kansas City for the number one seed. So the difference between with the way the playoff system works, the difference between a one seed and a five seed is huge. So I think you're going to have max motivation here for both teams. I don't think that's really going to be an issue. So if you're going to try to say that you're getting a little bit of a discount here because uh, it's a bad spot for the Chargers, I don't really totally buy into that. So give me the Chargers here. All right, on to the Sunday games. First game is Tampa at Dallas. Dallas lands seven at home with a total of 48. Uh, yeah, my power in here, Dallas minus six and a half. Westgate open, Dallas seven. Look headline, Dallas minus seven and a half. Total here open, 45 and a half. 
Um, yeah, yeah, first thing first, this total just got steamed up here off of the opener. Like you said, it's 48 pretty much is the prevailing number here and open 45 and a half. Bunch of upward play on that total. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I don't really know if I agree with it. I think, uh, I think I like the opener more so than the, the current number, to be honest. And, uh, which not, not too often do I, do I think that, but I think, uh, I don't know. I don't really see it. Uh, I think Tampa Bay, that their, their whole complexion of the team, I think started the year, middle of the year. I think they were kind of known as a one of the highest scoring teams for the highest total. They had a terrible defense, probably the worst defense in the league, and then high scoring offense. But I just don't know if I. Uh, I don't think I think that's kind of just a stigma that's not really necessarily true anymore. I think they're kind of coming back down to the mean. I don't know if the, the defense is playing. I think uh, significantly better for the most part. Um, not that they're. I don't think they're a top caliber defense, but I don't think they're you know, the worst by far like they were early in the season. So I think they've improved slightly. And then likewise, I think the, the, the offense has kind of come back to the mean a little bit as well. And uh, I feel like they're kind of trying to play it, slow the game down a little bit, not throw as many downfield passes and, and, uh, and, 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 and such. So I don't, I feel like the, I don't know if it's, that's where the betting is going upwards from It's because of that, just because of the, the Tampa team only or not, but I'm kind of confused on where that, where that money's coming in on the over. But uh, like I said, I feel like uh, if anything, I, I, I lean under here at the current number. I think it's just a little bit too high. I, I kind of, like I said, like where it opened. As for the side, I don't really have any opinion. I think it's pretty much where it should be. I bet I think Dallas is in a pretty bad spot last week, obviously. Talked about that on the podcast and also had a play against them there with Indy. So not really surprised by that end result. Uh, other than the fact they couldn't score at all, I think that was a little bit surprising. But um, they've been one of these teams with a home road split that, uh, you kind of see uh, they've just been uh, on the road. They just haven't been as good this this season, and at home they've been really good. So I feel like this would be a time where they're going to come back home and, and probably get the job done. And I don't uh, I don't really see a lot of value on either side. I just don't really want to take Tampa right now. I think they're going to a little bit in shambles as well. I just not a team I really want to back uh, late in the season here when they're not not competing for anything. So yeah, I'll I'll pass on the side and uh, maybe look at that total under. Yeah, I don't think I'm necessarily going to rush to bet the over, but I kind of disagree with. I mean, like the their point scored doesn't really bear it out over the last month or so. They've, they've definitely been playing some lower scoring games, but I think that's uh, even like last week, it was, like I said, in a straight downpour there, they were still trying to move the ball downfield and were fairly successful uh, doing it. Even, even with uh, the, the weather conditions that just, they just couldn't really produce points out of it. And even the Ravens with their running style game in the, in the rain, uh, just kind of suppressed the whole game. And even like the week before that, they played the Saints, and it ended up being 28-14. But that was a deal where the Bucks kind of jumped out to a lead, and then they kind of started playing semi-conservative, and, and they had a couple punt blocks. I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't really feel strongly uh, to the point where I would you know, want to bet you head-to-head or am I, am I going to bet the over by any means here? But it does seem kind of strange that against a pretty – defensive team in Dallas I'm kind of surprised that this number is going up so I I can totally see where you're coming from there it seems strange how well not only up but obviously the fact of the, the extent of how much it's going up that's a big move already yeah. early in this week yeah it's just, I mean yeah just the fact that it's gone from whatever 46 up to 48 it's usually it's, it seems like it's rare where you have a team one team that's so defensive minded and kind of is a thought of as an under team that the total goes up to from that the range it was at to this range. It just does seem kind of odd. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really feel strongly about it. As far as the side goes, uh, I kind of, like it just feels like it's a little bit too high and I want to take Tampa because I think their offense has been pretty competent for, for, for 
long stretches, even though they didn't quite cover last week, depending on the number you got. Uh, I thought they actually played better than, than the number showed, uh, the final score showed. And then, like that said, that Saints game a couple weeks ago, you can kind of forgive that with the two po- blocked punts. And then before that, they beat the Panthers, and then before that, they beat the Niners. So I think they've actually been playing some pretty solid football here for about a month. But it's just it's tough with Dallas. Like I said, we both weren't surprised whatsoever in that result last week. So it's kind of hard to downgrade them when it played out how we expected it to based on the spot and everything. So now they come back home off an embarrassing shutout loss. You think even though they're not uh, they're not going to be like fully motivated, I don't think, because I think they still feel like they do have the, the East locked up for the most part. The fact that Washington and Philly both won as big underdogs last week might kind of give them a little bit of uh, – whatever extra motivation or a little bit of a uh, a need to to make sure they lock this up ASAP since there's only two weeks left. So it's kind of hard to tell if they do come with a really good effort and it is a game where Jameis starts turning it over a little bit. You know, seven might be manageable for him. So I'd, I'd lean Tampa here, but probably won't get involved. Next game is Buffalo at New England. Uh, New England 13, 13 and a half point home favorites with a total of 44 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, New England, 11.5. Westgate open, New England, 10.5. Look at line here, New England, minus 13. And the total here, open 45. Um, yeah, no, no real opinion on this game, I guess. I just I feel like uh, one of those deals, I mean, yeah, New England losing twice in a row now. Another game I was on last week was Pittsburgh betting against New England. I mean, that's just kind of that whole narrative of New England going into Pittsburgh and they've had their number all these years and coming off a loss and everything kind of just pointed towards New England and I got a Pittsburgh minus or sorry plus three there uh, before kickoff I just thought that was way too high and obviously going in there winning or going home there and beating the New England Patriots outright uh, Pittsburgh did so another result I wasn't super surprised by and kind of a, a back and forth game a low scoring back and forth game if you will but um yeah, I think this this whole New England team, I think is they've kind of gotten the stigma that everyone's been talking about here uh, every year. Oh, they don't worry about them; they'll be fine. I think this might be kind of getting to the year now. As the, I, I haven't really been saying that myself. I've, I've like in the last past years, I don't think I've ever really given up on Brady and Belichick. But I think this year, I'm a little bit more uh, inclined to. I think they've they just don't really quite look the same, and they make mistakes that you don't really see from them. And there's just a few different things. I mean, I think that. Even like against the Vikings game a few weeks ago, when Brady made that mistake of that interception when he's going to score points, and, and there's another mistake. I'm trying to think what it was. Miami but, when he it, threw that before half and got zero points out of it. Yeah, the, yeah took exactly. the sack or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's just stuff you do not see that uh, that they do. So um, I think uh, sorry, my my mic fell down here, but um, readjust that so it's not too loud for you guys. Um, yeah, I think that uh, you know something to keep in mind. But all all in all, I mean it's still a Buffalo team that's still bottom tier. I've seen uh, I've seen flashes of Buffalo. I've kind of liked what they've been doing. So I mean, I'll probably take a bite here if it if it does get to fourteen, just out of principle, um, just from what where it opened at. But yeah, I don't think I'm not really feel too strong about it, and we more just taking a value play. But I don't I don't I I won't be surprised at all if New England came in here and kind of fed on some weaker competition in Buffalo in a division game when you know kind of get people back on their bandwagon here and, and win in convincing fashion. So all in all, I'll probably be passing the game uh, unless I you know take a small bite here at, at, on Buffalo. But Buffalo are pass for me. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good spot for for New England coming off a couple losses here. Now returning home, and now they get to play the weaklings of the AFC East to try to lock up the first round bye. Uh, and then I think they will be pretty motivated to, as they're as of now they dropped out of 
down to a third seed, so they'd have to play the opening week. And I know, I think it's been since 2009, I think they've they've had a first round bye <laughs> every year, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm struggling because I, I really want to take the Bills, and I think I might even at 13 and a half. I just think that their defense is good enough to where they should be able to hang against a pass team that just hasn't been that explosive. Even in the games that they played good or played well <laughs> for the correct grammar. Um, even in games where they played well, like the pass really haven't been put up tons and tons of points. Like they're not like a quick scoring team. They're just more, especially now with Josh Gordon out, like not that I think he should necessarily change the line that much, but they definitely is one of their deeper threats and, an outlet to score points quickly. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, Josh Allen could turn the ball over a couple times and have a few rookie mistakes against Belichick and the Pats could easily cover the game. But it just seems like if, if the bills, if anything fluky happens their way or, or they just play a good game, it just seems like the Pats aren't a good enough team to cover this number without some help. So I think you could, you know, like anything, obviously you can lose the bet, but uh, I mean, the, the Bills, even that game against the Pats at home a month and a half ago, I think the Pats were playing significantly better at the time. And it, even though they, the Pats ended up winning that game by 19, that was pretty misleading. It was tied, uh, what or not tied, but it was 9-6 there in the third quarter, and then the Pats pulled away late. So I think that was a, a pretty misleading final score and a game that could have gone either way. And that was, I think that was with... Uh, yeah, that was with Derek Anderson at quarterback. So uh, I don't know. I think I think a lot of stuff points in the direction of the Bills here, and I think the the passers kind of getting overvalued in a spot where everyone's expecting a good effort, which I think you'll get from them. But I don't know. If, I don't think they're good efforts. That elite team, good effort that you have seen in the past. So uh, I like Buffalo. Next game is Atlanta heading to a Cam Newtonless Carolina Panther team. Looks like Atlanta's laying three on the road with a total of 43 and a half. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta minus one and a half. This one, a uh, little bit uh, more convoluted line moves here, so let's uh, let's try to dig into it. So, yeah, it opened here when Cam was uh, supposedly going to be playing uh, right away, Carolina minus three and a half. And then from the three and a half opener, uh, which would have been on Sunday, the three and a half opener got bet all the way down to as low as two. Uh, Carolina favorite, and then uh, looks like when he was announced out, which was yesterday, so Wednesday, pretty early afternoonish. It looks like uh, pretty much immediately. Then they took the game off and they went back to uh, put it back up on the board on Atlanta minus three, so that you can kind of see an adjustment. They were pretty much like in a five point adjustment, but then I'll, obviously the problem is too with those people that bet it down. Who knows? Maybe they had some inside information that Cam wasn't going to play either. So it is pretty tough to figure out, you know, where how much is actually worth or how much they're valuing uh, Cam at. Um, Anyway, so then the look-ahead line for this game uh, before Cam obviously was in question uh, was Carolina minus 6. And the total here opened 48.5 and then reopened once Cam was out at 43.5. So, um, yeah, like I said, kind of a little bit harder to follow, but I think it's kind of interesting just to kind of see where the market's at with all these, all, all those things and kind of uh, value it uh, accordingly. So I guess uh, for my my assessment, I think that the market's basically evaluating, evaluating uh, Cam at about, you know, 5.5, points i'd say roughly um uh, from from the downgrade so um so i guess that's where you have to start here where do you think that's accurate and i'd say i don't know i I think if he was fully healthy i'd probably put him at probably about six and a half maybe just under a touchdown 
So I guess it comes down to how how uh, how injured was he, how banged up was he, and I think you could tell I was on Carolina quite a bit. Uh, I think it was pretty pretty evident that he was he was pretty banged up and didn't really look very cam like. Um, so I I I, don't th- I think five and a half might be a little bit too much. I think it'd be more in the three three to three and a half maybe point range, which is where my power rating comes in at. So all in all said, I think uh, I think for me here, uh, get, getting a, getting a field goal at home here, even with uh, Heineke behind the behind center there with Carolina, I think it's probably where I'd look. It's just a matter of, you know, obviously it's kind of just a little bit of a crapshoot and you're putting a lot of eggs in your basket there with Heineke, but Atlanta, they look good last week, kind of blew out the door, blew the doors off of Arizona, but I don't know if I really trust that performance. I think that might've been their, their last ditch, you know, one good effort there at home before the end of the season here. Now they're going to an Atlanta team. I think it's uh, on, on the road. I think it's a lot different monster after they've been in the playoffs and, had the Super Bowl run and all, all those other things the last several years. Now they're basically out of contention completely and have nothing to play for. And uh, now they're going on the highway here uh, to Carolina. So it seems like, a, you know, spot-wise, I think it uh, – you look Carolina, but then you look at the Carolina side and they got their deflating loss there in a divisional game against the Saints where they basically had all, all in there, all chips all in there uh, for a playoff, potential playoff bid. Now they pretty much have no chance, so – can't really see the spot favors Carolina either, but I won't say it favors Atlanta. So I think both these teams uh, I really want to be betting against, but I feel like uh, if anything, you're getting probably a little bit of value on Carolina. But I think a lot, of, a lot of uncertainty here in this game. So I think uh, you know, like I said, maybe slight, slight bit of value there on Carolina, but uh, I don't know if I can get to the window just with all the uncertainties. Yeah, I think Atlanta's been a dead team here for quite a while, and they looked pretty impressive last week when they blew out the Cardinals. But it wasn't, I think it was slightly Atlanta being impressive, but I think that was more so just the Cardinals being just a complete disaster. I really wouldn't upgrade the Falcons much from that or expect them to come with another similar effort this week. So uh, zero interest in playing a field goal with them on the road. Just don't trust them whatsoever. And if they are dead again and packed it in, then they're just making an awful bet there. Uh, but conversely, with Heineke, I liked what I saw a lot from him. As uh, you know, he's the Vikings backup or third string there for a while, and saw him in a couple preseason games and uh, just limited action. You saw him, and I actually uh, was pretty impressed by him. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he had a fairly uh, you know impressive showing here. Not obviously like lighting it up and throwing it all over the yard, but at least not a total disaster, which I think a lot of backups can be in the league. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing how he performs here, but uh, I don't think I'll... I don't think... I, I don't really like much about Carolina in general. Uh, I, th- I think... So it's not like a team where if I just am asking the, the quarterback to just play okay and I think the rest of the team will carry him to a cover or victory or what have you, I think they're a team where they need the quarterback to do a little bit more than that. So I'm not sure if he's capable of that or not. So I think I'm just uh, – I'll definitely be watching this one with a little bit of intrigue, but I won't be uh, likely interested in betting it unless the number kind of gets more wacky here. Uh, next game, we have a battle of Florida at Jacksonville heading to Miami. Miami, a four-point favorite with a total of 38.5. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, Miami minus four. Westgate open, Miami four. Look headline, Miami four. And the total here open, 39.5. A, a little bit of downward play on that under um, right, out, right off the bat. But uh, this game here, I'm kind of kind of surprised by this line. Uh, first of all, the opener and, and, and the movement on this game, I... Uh, see as low as a three and a half at, uh, at Chris, which is offshore. Pretty sharp book. Uh, three and a half flat right now is what they're sitting at. And um, 
I don't know. I, I, I like this Miami side. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure. Bet against Jacksonville last week, and I just don't know how this Jacksonville team is uh, getting as much as respect as they are. I think I'm sure a lot of this has to do with people, the markets not respecting Miami. Um, I don't really downgrade Miami a whole lot after last week. I mean, it was just a terrible spot for them going into Minnesota, uh, just a buzzsaw type of spot. I mean, you can't really look at much worse spots there between the, Off their miracle, too. What's that? Off their miracle against the past. Well, yeah, obviously. That's built, yeah, that's built into the spot after the yeah, the miracle of the New England. Then you have, the, conversely, you have the Vikings after firing their coordinator, having a bunch of steam, and thinking that's kind of going to be the solution to solve all and start running the ball and all that stuff, and everything worked out. And, you know, just like I said, everything – uh, yeah, the perfect spot there for the Minnesota team and a terrible spot for Miami. So uh, I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit. I didn't bet Minnesota. I bet them on a teaser, but I didn't bet them uh, even laying the points. I think laying the wood there, laying the lumber, which I don't do very often, was the right side. Uh, more so, I guess, might have been just because uh, being a, a little bit of a homer would kind of just uh, fade against going along with laying that many points because you have a little bit of a little bit of doubt in the team. But anyway, um, I think Miami here, I don't really like laying, them, laying points with them by any means, but I think going home here, Still in the playoff hunt, basically a, a fight for their death here. They're, I think they're going to come out with this pretty strong performance. And I've said it over and over again on the podcast. I like Tannehill a lot more. I think he got ate up by that. My, uh, sorry, by the Minnesota defense last week. Uh, that that front that front seven, the front four specifically, they just came, you know, got after him pretty good. So I think uh, he's going to kind of be able to breathe a little bit here. Uh, Jacksonville's obviously a good defense, but I don't think their motivation's fully there. I think they realize now again they don't have a good quarterback. Uh, I'm not even sure who's going to be playing for him right now uh, as, as we speak, but um, uh, Jacksonville that is. But uh, I, like I said, I feel like this is a good spot for Miami coming home. And uh, I, I, I would have liked to way more if it gets to three. And then, like I said, the way it's moving and the way I see the indicator books that are uh, the sharper books, I, if it come, comes down, I mean, I don't know. I'd like, I have a really big play at, uh, at, at three, but even uh, anything above three, three and a half or four, I still think there's a pretty worthy of a bet here on Miami laying the points uh, to, to get back and, and shape here for maybe a playoff uh, playoff bid if they can get lucky here down the stretch. Yeah, I think it's going to be Kessler again. Is kind of what I'm seeing. So it's it's somehow I think he has been a downgrade from Bortles. I was actually kind of cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah, impressive, that, impressively so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was kind of cautiously optimistic that he was going to be at least uh, you know somewhat capable of not making a fool of himself because i thought he was respectable in cleveland the games we watched i don't know when that was was a couple years ago but he just really hasn't been the case in jacksonville for whatever the reason so i think it is a pretty good bounce back spot here for miami and you're laying a pretty reasonable price against a team that's pretty much quit by by all accounts Uh, i mean they've they beat the colts in that step up spot uh three weeks ago now and other than that they've been fairly non-competitive here for a while and lost i mean that's their only win since week four <laughs> so i mean in a spot like this we're only laying four points for the Miami team that is looking pretty pretty dim uh, their playoff hopes are right now but they're still seven and seven and you know stranger things have happened so if they can take care of business here in the last couple games which the jack the jags and the bills both winnable games for them and it gets a nine and seven you know they never know so i think the motivation lies heavily in favor of Miami. I think the quarterback lies in favor of Miami. And uh, I think the defense, you normally say, is a big edge for Jacksonville. It's kind of hard to tell the way they've been playing here lately. And like we talked about how they were so down on Bortles, I think it's getting to the point here where they're they're probably just starting to think, you know, get frustrated and said, you know, this guy's as bad as the last guy was. So, you know, why am I sitting here? 
trying to run through another block to make a tackle to stop the guy two yards shorter when there's, even if we give it back to our offense, they're not going to get anything done. So I think after a while, this kind of wears on you. And uh, I, I like Miami here as well. It's not a team I love laying more than a field goal with, but I think that's absolutely the way to look in this one. Next game, we got the Giants heading to Indy. Looks like Indy's a nine, nine and a half point home favor, the total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here, Indy minus nine. Westgate open, Indy minus nine and a half. Look headline, Indy minus six. Total here open, 47. Uh, yeah, I'll make this one pretty quick. I mean, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of opinion here. Uh, I, I, I made some money on Indy here last several weeks, and obviously last week as well, made, made some money on Indy, laying the points there, a reasonable price, a field goal at home against Dallas, and uh, but now you're paying a premium here. You can see the difference in the look head line from the current line, a pretty big adjustment through a key number in seven. So um, I, I think if for anything, I probably have a slight, slight lean towards the Giants, but I just don't really trust this team and trust Eli. And I think you know, the Colts, I don't think they're really much of a smoke and mirrors. I think they're a pretty solid team. And I like them almost to make a, a late playoff, uh, uh, make a playoff run. And then if they do get in the playoffs, make a, make a run in the playoffs. I feel like they could be a team that's got a good quarterback. I know I mentioned that to you several weeks ago. Uh, they could take. I think I could see them beating any one of these teams in the in the AFC. So, uh, kind of look for that. So I don't really think uh, when you're, you know, if, if you want to have a really good team that's a live dog, or you want to have a team that's not very good laying points. I don't really think in this case it matches up either one. So for me, it's gonna be a pretty easy pass. Yeah, this interesting part of Indy is like they're not even in right now. <laughs> yeah, I really it. it'd be really nice if they could take that Baltimore spot because I think it'd be much more interesting to have them in the playoffs than it would be to have that gimmicky Baltimore team in there um but as far, as far as this game goes I think we both uh you know made our hay betting against the Giants last week when they were getting overvalued by the market and now they come back and I think the markets have kind of a little a little maybe too optimistic here on on uh the Colts but I still I just don't really not really that interested in, in backing the Giants when you're just not totally sure with their motivation. You're backing Eli Manning on the road against a team that could potentially put up points in bunches. And uh, I like I like the Colts here, but obviously the market reflects that. So I don't really think I want to fade them, but I also think it's a little too pricey to uh, to back them again. So yeah, I won't really uh, won't be involved in this one. Next game is Houston at Philly. Philly's laying a point and a half, two points here at home with a total of 46. Yeah, my power rating here, Houston minus one. Westgate open, Houston minus one. Look at line was a pick em, And the total here opened 45 and a half. You know, I mentioned it uh, at the start of the podcast about uh, that big move there, that Tampa Dallas total, about how I like the opener more than the current number. And this game here, I uh, have the same, share the same sentiment. I think uh, that Houston one, like my power rating suggests, I think is a better number than uh, the current price. Uh, I don't really see why Philly's a favorite here. I think a lot of it has to do with their performance last week and, and beating the Rams outright as a double-digit dogs. But that's just one game, and I think the Rams, as we've said all along, they've been terrible, big favorites all, all year. And again, uh, not only could they not cover, they couldn't uh, they couldn't even, couldn't win outright being double-digit favorites. So I think yeah, that's a good it, that game's big for Philadelphia and their playoff chances. I know as a Vikings fan, that was not good for them to win outright because they're still in the playoff hunt now and potentially could take that uh, grab that last seed from them, that sixth seed. Well, that all being said, it's still this Philly team that's had all kinds of problems. The secondary's banged up. They just haven't looked right all year, and they've been, you know, pretty uh, just just haven't ever really clicked. I don't know what I don't really know how to describe it of why. And just you just do just really pass the eye test. It's just not a team that's been that good. So I mean, I guess the one thing you could say is they got uh, they got a few people healthy again, but and they got Foles back. 
Uh, so maybe Foles is the, the big savior here, uh, which you can make the case of, I guess. But I don't really see that. And um, I, I don't really – he looked okay. He looked pretty decent, I should say, last week. So there's nothing to hit, hit, hit against him against. But uh, at the same time, I, I think this Houston team has been pretty solid. They've uh, gotten pretty lucky, decently lucky throughout the season. But I've, I was kind of a disbeliever early on when they started doing good. But I think lately they've been, been pretty solid and – uh, a team that I don't really want to fade necessarily, and especially when you're you have to have to lay points against them. So I think this is a game where Houston has a, a money line betting the money line over all over written all over Houston here, where they could win outright. So I like Houston here, uh, and getting points is just a, a benefit. Yeah, the way the markets value in Philly, I think they're definitely a bet against team, and I would think the profile of a team like Houston would be a bet against team. But even though they've won. I don't know what it is, nine of their last ten or whatever they're on right now. It seems like they're still not really getting a tons of respect as if they are like an elite top tier uh, top tier in the league team. So I think this number here is pretty pretty reasonable to back Houston. I, I just think Foles is you know, obviously went on that run last year to the Super Bowl and, and then came out and, and got the win last week. But I just think he's kind of fool's gold. I don't think he's particularly that great of a player. I definitely don't think he's an upgrade from Wentz. I think it's more just uh, kind of random variance that they've done as well as I have with him a quarterback. So I have uh, no question that both these teams are going to be motivated here. You got Houston trying to fend off New England for a first-round bye, and then you got Philly trying to sneak their back door into the playoffs here. So... uh, I don't know, just a spot in Houston's on one extra day to prepare, which isn't a huge deal. But then conversely, Philly coming off that huge Sunday night win, they're not supposed to have a letdown spot when they need to win out to make the playoffs. But at the same time, it's I, I just think they're going to be a little bit over overthrilled with themselves and, and feeling pretty good. And then they come back um, on a late Sunday night on the West Coast to back home here. It just seems like a spot where if Houston plays a, respectably good game i think they probably win this one so i like houston quite a bit and uh, we'll definitely be betting them well, especially add in houston uh, playing one of the bottom tier teams in the league in the jets and then barely squeaking by on a primetime game uh, granted it was saturday but still and they uh, were behind there and then stuck away that yeah they won by uh, a little bit of a margin but still it was kind of like i said a little bit fluky like i mentioned in the last segment so i think another thing that houston's not gonna take anything for granted here either you wouldn't think no, and it could have that could have been a, potentially. I don't know if it was for sure, but could have been a case of okay, we can just show up and beat the Jets, and then they got challenged, and then they kind of say okay, yeah, now we got to take this more seriously, and yeah, you know, put a little bit more effort into this to take care of an Eagles team that's the defending champs, and they might get a little bit better, uh, you know, better uh, focus coming into this one. Uh, next game, we got the Minnesota heading to Detroit. Looks like Minnesota's up to a six-point road favorite here with a total of 42.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota minus four. Westgate open, Minnesota four. Look at the line, Minnesota minus three. The total here open, 44. A uh, little bit downward play on that total under. Uh, with with the, the these two teams, I think, more focusing on running the ball and, and you know, kind of predictable. We'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, as for the side, um, I'm kind of surprised here, uh, slightly, I guess. I guess I shouldn't say surprised, but um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Uh, I think I think the number here was four and a half. That's what I thought it was when I'm looking through the lines. Uh, when I go through my lines myself and make my number, then I guess what what I think it should be too. 
and this one I thought for sure should be four and a half, and I didn't really see anything else, and that's what it was. And then now that you get some money here on Minnesota, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it here on the highway, uh, going to Detroit in a divisional game. I feel like this would be a time where uh, if Detroit wants to make a you know send a message that they got the right coach and 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 win a divisional game here and a and do any playoff spoilers for Minnesota, this would be the time. I think. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's just a little too high, but at the same time, um, I don't know if I really want to back Detroit either. So that's probably where the line moves coming from. So I don't think I'll get there with Detroit, but uh, I definitely don't want to lay points here with Minnesota. This many points with Minnesota on the road, that's for sure. But one thing I will look at is that total. Um, betting under, I think, I, like I said, open 44, now sitting 42 and a half, uh, almost across the board. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with just the way that Minnesota ran the ball uh, last week. I think, oh, that's a new play, gameplay. They're going to run the ball, uh, go on the ground, try the ground game out, play hard defense, and it'll be a low-scoring game. That's kind of what Detroit's doing as well. But, I mean, I don't know. Come on. I think, to me, this is just a little too low. I mean, Minnesota can still put up points. They have playmakers, and if they run the ball and Detroit's able to stop them, they, I mean, they're going to be forced to throw the ball, especially if they're down at all. So, I, I don't know. I feel like this is a game where I think, the, I think it could get opened up here quite a bit, and it might be contrary to how mo- both clo- coaches might want to "quote unquote" play the game. I feel like they might be forced to throw the ball a little bit more and be put in some, some certain circumstances, certain circumstances as well, where they're going to have to you know put some more points up. So, like I said, I think uh, I don't really agree with this move under either, and uh, I, I won't be opposed at all to, to betting this game over, and uh, probably will before uh, the game kicks off. I don't disagree with you, but it's just boy, have the Lions been just anemic on offense for a while now. And then you look back to the the game that these two teams played earlier in the season, and they just couldn't protect Stafford whatsoever. And I don't think that's going to get much better. I mean, who knows? Anything could change from week to week. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised because he's been questionable here for a few weeks and been banged up. Like, I don't be surprised if he takes a couple hits early if they just either take him out or, you know, whatever, be, be extra cautious and say he has some kind of injury or tweak because, I mean, what are they playing for now? There's obviously no chance of the playoffs anymore, uh, you know, other than pride or trying to spoil the Viking season, I guess. But um, I don't know. I just I, – I agree with you in theory. Like, I think the the narrative, especially nationally, that, well, you know, Zimmer wants somebody that's going to run the ball, and that's why, that's why they won last week was because they ran the ball. And it's just – I think that – the whole narrative is just ridiculous and way overblown. So I totally agree that if that's why this total is so low or contributing to it, I think that's totally unjustified. And uh, I, I would absolutely lean over as well. But my, my only hesitation would just be how bad that Lions offense has been for so long and, and how uh, stymied they got last time they played the Vikings. So um, I don't know. For, for that reason, like I would want to bet the Vikes, but I think this – Price is just too high at this point. Uh, I think six on the road. Just well, yeah, if, if Detroit does come out with a the strong effort for whatever reason, or uh, you know a couple fluky things happen their way, like it's just really hard to overcome six on the road here. So especially, I mean, as good as Cousins has been at times, and as bad as he's been at times, like even last week, just when they were up twenty-one nothing and cruising, and then they throw he throws that pick six like that. It's just a tough when you don't totally trust them to take care of the game no matter how dominant their performance is to lay close to a touchdown here in the road it's just uh i don't know kind of kind of tough to to trust that so i i think if anything i do agree with you i would lean over but i i probably won't be involved in this one unless uh unless some one of these numbers moves pretty pretty uh drastically 
speaking of games I don't have a lot to do with, we got Green Bay heading to the Jets. Looks like uh, Rodgers will start here for Green Bay is what he's saying, but I don't know if it's for sure or not. Uh, looks like Green Bay's a three-point or so favorite on the road with a total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here, Green Bay minus one, Westgate open, Green Bay three. Look at line, Green Bay three and a half, and the total here open 45. Um, yeah, like you said, Rodgers came out and said he's going to be playing this game. Um, so, But yeah, I think it's something to note that I think people expect him not to play, which you kind of would have thought that he would not play, but yeah, this game opened like I said three, but then got all the way as low, all, all the way as low as a pick'em. Uh, when I think he was kind of a question mark, and then once he was announced in, it went back up to three. So I, I don't know. I guess, I guess that tells me that maybe he's pretty motivated. He wants to go prove, you know, send a message and prove a point that he still got it, and he's a good quarterback, and go try to put up some points here and and do what he can to take care of business here. But at the same time, like kind of like you saw with the Stafford and Detroit team, it's like what do you what I really got to do? And and you look at it from a Green Bay franchise it's like why why would you want to risk your uh your, your franchise quarterback here or at least uh the waning franchise quarterback uh on a game like this with against the jets it doesn't mean anything so i don't know yeah to, to, to me it's i don't really know how you bet either one of these sides personally i don't know how it seems to me like there's a lot of uncertainty again in the, a game like this and i won't i uh, won't be too interested in this game and uh i, I won't be betting it probably for sure so i'll uh i'll, I'll pass yeah it's just it's hard to tell which if either team has motivation I don't know, it's, I don't know, it's just, just uh, for me, yeah, for me, a tough game to bet. So I think, if anything, it might be not be a bad idea to look at some in-game stuff or second-half stuff. If you see, you know, Rodgers come out, like you said, maybe extra motivated to show he's still got it, and you can catch a, uh, see some glimpses of that, and you can catch Green Bay cheap. You know, it might not be a bad bet, or if, if he comes out and he keeps overthrowing people like he has been and throwing the ball away because he doesn't want to take any hits and looks totally disinterested, well, maybe you can jump on the Jets at around a pick or so early or catching a couple points. Uh, I think that's the way to look, but as far as a, a pre-game bet goes, uh, I don't have much interest whatsoever. Next game is Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cleveland, uh, eight and a half, nine-point home favorite, the total of 44 and a half. Uh, yeah, my power rating here. Cleveland minus eight and a half. Westgate open. Cleveland seven minus one twenty. Look at line. Cleveland minus seven, and the total here open forty five and a half. Uh, another game here. It's just a uh, boy. Pick your poison. I think. Uh, do you really want to lay this many points? I think anything higher than a touchdown here. Cleveland is a little bit uh, a little bit expensive for me. Uh, maybe add a touchdown. I can talk myself into Cleveland, but I mean anything north of that is just just too much in my opinion. Now you're talking about even more eight and a half nine. I mean, hell, even I, I see a ten in some uh, sports book offshore. So uh, it's just that's just a lot of points. But then you know, conversely, you got Cincy. That's just I don't know. Just uh, they, they, I guess they showed something last week, but I don't know if that's going to be. Uh, I guess we, we talked was that last week or two weeks ago. We talked about Cincy once they get out of playoff contention. That's usually when they start to rev up their engines and uh, show what they got. But uh, I don't know if that continues here or not. But uh, I mean, uh, even this, this would be like a pretty good t- time to tease uh, Cleveland if you can get eight and a half. Uh, tease them down two and a half would be a typical uh, sharper teaser, but uh, I don't even know if I agree with that because I think this would be a, a pretty high variance game, and I just don't really even like that for a tease. So another game here, uh, I get a lot of it this week, but it's not a whole lot of opinions. I have a few, few pretty strong opinions, but this is a game where uh, no opinion side or total. Yeah, so I was gonna, I was gonna make the joke, who's the uh, the best team in the league or the team you'd want to face the least, and. I think it 
might be uh, Cincinnati once they're out of the playoff race, officially trying to fight for Marvin yeah, Lewis's job. Putting that into the database once Cincy <laughs> yeah. plus out of playoff contention equals you know, stronger than whatever. Yeah, uh, but no, all joking aside, Cincy uh, won pretty easily against Oakland last week, or on the scoreboard they won by fourteen, but they really didn't look all that impressive. And I had a kick return late that ended up getting them a touchdown there, and it was. It wasn't really a super impressive performance and what we thought was a decent spot there against Oakland. So, uh, I don't know. I'd, I think, like, if you looked at last week, you'd kind of be tempted to, just at the score, you'd kind of be tempted to maybe take a shot with Cincy here. And Cleveland is absolutely not a team that I trust laying this kind of points with. Just They just don't have the track record of it and, I, I don't totally trust, even though Baker's shown signs of being a potentially pretty good NFL quarterback, I definitely don't trust him to play mistake-free, win-by-a-margin, route-a-team type game. And But then, conversely, with Hugh Jackson <laughs> being on Cincy still, it seems sure seemed like the last time they played, he really wanted to stick it to him when they won by 15 at Cincy. So now they're come back home and the the fans are going crazy and I don't think they I think they're I don't know if they're officially eliminated from the playoffs but Pittsburgh winning last week took a huge hit to their playoff prospects potentially so uh, I don't know if they'll motivation I'm not totally sure on the Cleveland side other than you know maybe some personal vendetta there for for Baker but that's, that being said it's just not really a side not really a game I really want uh, either side here. Next game, speaking of that, we got uh, the Rams heading to Arizona. Looks like uh, the Rams are 14, 14 and a half point favorites on the road with a total of 44 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Rams minus 10 and a half. Westgate open, Rams 13 and a half. Look at line, Rams 11 and a half. And the total here open, 47 and a half. Um, yeah, like I said at the start, uh, a little bit ago, I guess I should say, the podcast, uh, the Rams just haven't been a good team laying points. Um, this especially double digits, they just haven't been a good team. So that'd be the that'd be the where I'd start here. I think you'd have to look at Arizona or pass for sure. It's just a team I don't trust at all in double digits, uh, specifically two touchdowns. So um, I'm definitely not gonna have a bet on the Rams here. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard after Arizona as bad as they looked against a pretty dead Atlanta team that they just came up with nothing. Uh, it'd be kind of hard to go back to the well and, and bet bet them again this week. I know uh, that's probably your thinking, but. Uh, I uh I don't know if I can get there with Arizona or not, but I mean yeah, boy, you're getting it seems like you're getting quite a bit of value here. Just look at the look headline. So uh, especially after the Rams lost outright, laying uh, the pretty similar point spread range last week, they lost outright, and then I'm sure it looks like and they're getting power rated upwards or getting bet upwards. So that tells you that how bad the Arizona team looked. So I don't know. I feel like a divisional game here at home that they come up with a a, a pretty decent effort, but uh, at the same time they might just um, mail in for the year as well. But I think if anything, you got to take a take a look here and take a shot with Arizona, getting uh, if you can, especially if you can find more than two touchdowns. I see fourteen and a half at some shops, so I, I I'd like that uh, a little bit. Look that way. Yeah, I really want to jump right back on the cards. I just I just don't like the Rams should be laying anywhere near this on the road, basically to anybody. And I guess the key in that is anybody, because the Ram or the Arizona is like the worst case of anybody. So it's frustrating, uh, you know, coming off the of Atlanta game where they just looked horrendous, and against a team that pretty much quit and was basically a dead team, and they still lose by 26. 
I I thought Arizona had kind of turned a corner and was playing with Rosen having a little bit of experience and not that they were going to be winning a ton of games, but I thought they were going to at least be competitive down the stretch. But uh, apparently that wasn't the case, and they've had four games this year where they've lost by like 30 points or more, so that's a little troubling there. Obviously a team that has a propensity to get blown out. So in a spot like this, you'd like a team that's going to grind it out, kind of almost like Buffalo a little bit more with the Pats, where even if they don't win, they're probably going to grind out to maybe a little bit of a closer game. But I, I just think getting, getting over two touchdowns, with the Rams team, where the offense just hasn't hasn't been clicking for a solid month now, and their defense hasn't hardly been able to stop anybody either, that just doesn't seem like the profile of a team that should be laying over two touchdowns on the road, regardless of who it is in the NFL. So I'll probably reluctantly end up back on the Arizona this week and then be kicking myself when it's 24 nothing at half. But I just, I just feel like if this game's played 100 times, Arizona's going to keep it within the number. 55 of them or more, but uh, I guess we'll have to uh, wait and see. Next game is Chicago heading to San Francisco. Looks like Chicago's four-point road favorite here, the total of 43. Yeah, my power rating here, Chicago minus four and a half. Uh, Westgate open, Chicago minus five. Look headline, Chicago minus six, and the total here open, 42 and a half. Uh, another game I just don't have a whole lot of opinion on. I, I guess the, there's no way I can take Chicago. So I guess for me, it's San Francisco or pass. I mean, Chicago just in such a bad spot after two huge wins. Uh, you got the Rams at home. They won and they beat the Packers, their division rival, a division foe that they've haven't been able to beat at all uh, in the last, I don't know how many meetings they've had, uh, quite a few. And, uh, now they finally got the monkey off their back. They beat them uh, outright and covered. And then, uh, you know, you know, Trubisky, I mean, you could just you could tell it all by Trubisky. I don't know if you saw that press conference, but I was, saw that at my eye at dinner, uh, I think Sunday night, and it's him there with that goofy Christmas sweater with the lights going off and all that stuff as he's doing the press conference. I mean, he couldn't look like a bigger JA. So I mean, you talk about you talk about fat and happy. I mean, that, uh, Chicago's the definition of that right now. So I mean, you uh, look at that. So you know, right away, I want to look at San Francisco, but then uh, the, the problem is they came off. Uh, I was on them last week as well as San Francisco, but they come off a, a similar point spread range here at home and, and end up winning outright against the, uh, their, their their own division rival in Seattle. So, I mean, not a good spot for either of these two teams, but I think it's even worse for Chicago. And then plus, plus they have to travel on the on the road here uh, to travel west there to San Francisco. So I feel like a slightly better spot for San Francisco. Pretty much the similar point spread range. But the problem with this line is it's saying that Chicago and Seattle are about the same same power rating of teams uh, is about the same point spread as it was last week and the same same spot for San Francisco being at home so I think uh, it's pretty undeniable I think Chicago should be power rated higher than like a Seattle team should be so obviously the San Francisco won outright so you could argue that that line was just off but um, the fact that it comes in close to this number I feel like uh, you're not really getting a whole lot of bargains here with uh, San Francisco this week so uh, yeah San Francisco may be your pass but uh, I feel like it's probably just a pass at this point spread range. Yeah, San Francisco's played, uh, how many, what did they play? They played, uh, obviously, one against, oh, yeah, then the Broncos. So they won against Seattle last week, and then they beat the Broncos and then played a pretty good game, a relatively good game, I guess, for them a couple weeks ago. So it's hard to imagine that they're just going to keep just keep rolling to, to wins here. But, uh, you know, what I got right, this is their third straight home game. And then you got Chicago. Uh, they Who do they... Oh, yeah, they beat the Packers last week in a pretty easy game, but they had a clinch division. It looked like they had won, won the Super Bowl with how excited they were. So 
I I do think uh, I I would agree with you. I'd lean to San Francisco here. It's just hard. I've, I've been trying to fade the Bears because I think they they are they're a good team, but I think they've been a little bit overrated. Playing a relatively easy schedule, you know, last place schedule, and they've won a lot of games that were kind of either or games. And just I haven't totally bought in Trubisky either, a little bit like Lamar Jackson, but uh, not quite as bad. So I'm looking to sponsor bet against them, and I kind of want to bet against them here, but I don't think I'm going to be able to quite pull the trigger just because I don't know if they want San Francisco off two straight wins. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. The Bears are still, now with the Rams struggling a little bit, the Bears are still playing for uh, the potential two seed in a first-round bye, so... Uh, this would have been an awesome spot if the Rams would have won and the Bears might have been really, really happy off that division cleanser. But with San Francisco coming off the huge win against Seattle in a somewhat fraudulent game, uh, it just kind of mitigates the spot a little bit to the point where I think uh, the numbers may be a tad high, but not, probably not high enough for me to get involved. Next game, we have Pittsburgh heading to New Orleans. Looks like New Orleans is a five and a half, six point home favor, the total of 53. Yeah, my power in your New Orleans minus six. Westgate open New Orleans six and a half. Look headline here in New Orleans seven. The total here open fifty six. So you got, you got some downward play on that uh, uh, the side here. Getting like you said five and a half or six now from that open, and a lot of downward moving on that total under. I think a lot of that probably has to do with that New Orleans offense just not clicking as much as they they have, and probably I guess uh, you got to at least consider the fact that Breeze is how old he is and, and not playing as well towards the end of the year, just getting uh, you know so many games and getting tired. Uh, it's, it's definitely plausible. So um, I think both, both that combined is probably where the Pittsburgh and the under money's come in. Um, yeah, I, I I do agree with the Pittsburgh money. I, I I like the Pittsburgh side here. I feel like uh, you need to get a six though. I mean, I'd like to, I was hoping to wait for a seven, but I don't think you're going to get that. But I think uh, you got to take a six here. Otherwise, otherwise I don't think you can really bet it. But yeah, Pittsburgh plus six or better. I feel like it's is 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 the breaking point there. And uh, I I think I do like Pittsburgh. Yeah, granted they came off a big win against New England, kind of getting their monkey off their back uh, per se after beating New England because they haven't been able to do it, even though they were with stuck with them all last year in that uh, pretty crazy game against New England and ended up losing at the end uh, in crazy like fashion. But so generally, it's a letdown spot, but like what we said about Pittsburgh all along, they kind of play to their competition. Uh, they're getting six points here on the road, uh, and it's hard to play in that in that dome and for uh, New Orleans. But New Orleans doesn't quite look the same. They've been a little iffy, and they kind of seem pretty complacent to where they've been. They don't really see like they're blowing teams out. And, and on top of that, Pittsburgh's basically fighting for their life, so I don't think they can really take a breather. In this game, I feel like uh, they're going to be fully motivated, and and I and I have been a little bit higher on Pittsburgh all season long. So I feel like they're uh, you know pretty motivated, pretty hungry, and playing a pretty good team and getting points. I feel like the that all all lines up here for uh, Pittsburgh getting the points. And, and like I said, I would like to take a little bit higher number, getting a little bit more points, but I still think uh, plus six is a little bit of value on uh, Pittsburgh here. Yeah, I agree with all those points, and then. Well, just from a motivational standpoint, Pittsburgh's eight five and one, and Baltimore is eight and six. So I think Pittsburgh would much rather win the division and host a playoff game than than be the uh, six seed and head to New England or wherever they'd have to go on the road. So when it's that tight, even though they are coming off a big win against the Pats, I still think they'll be uh, pretty motivated here to keep her going and try to uh, secure the, the AFC North. Whereas the Saints, they're a game up right now on the Rams, plus they got the tiebreaker. And then they play Carolina without Cam Newton next week at home. So I think in terms of motivation, 
I think uh, New Orleans feels pretty confident that they're going to be able to have the number one bye regardless of the outcome of this game. So I don't think they're going to pack it in and not try whatsoever. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did kind of go through the motions a little bit more or stuff doesn't go their way, kind of pack it in. Um, as opposed to Pittsburgh where they're going to need this this game like blood. So uh, I think, if anything, I'm not saying that bet Pittsburgh solely on motivational factors, but I agree with all the stuff you said and do think this number's pretty pretty reasonable and a little bit generous to the Pittsburgh side uh, without that. And then when you factor that in, I think, if anything, that's uh, going to be a helping factor. So I like Pittsburgh here quite a bit, catching the six. And even if they don't end up winning, I could see this being a classic, you know, last team has the ball type. So we'll score, even though these teams haven't been scoring as much as you'd necessarily think. They've been in a lot of low-scoring games. Both of them have been more so than than you'd uh, you'd think without if you weren't paying attention. But it does kind of seem like one of these quarterbacks will have the uh, have a drive late here to try to win it. And whether they do or not, I'd rather be on the team that's catching the six. So definitely a Pittsburgh fan for me this week. Uh, Sunday night game, we had a pretty good one. Kansas City heading to Seattle. Looks like Kansas City's a two-and-a-half point road favorite with a total of 54, 54 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is a pick em. Let's get open. Kansas City, two-and-a-half. Look at line here, Seattle, minus one. And uh, the total here open, 53. Uh, a little bit of upward movement on that total, over the total. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know, it makes sense to me uh, a little bit. I think this will be uh, you know, a little bit of a shootout. But uh, I don't I don't really – I think it's kind of sitting right where it should be. So no opinion on the total uh the current price. And then on the side – my numbers want me to look uh, towards the Seattle side, and that's where I'd, I got to look. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you don't look that way. I mean, just do the adjustment here, the three points for home field advantage. You can do a six-point adjustment. I mean, Kansas City there would be, you know, laying quite a bit on the road here, or sorry, laying quite a bit at home if uh, if they were at home. It's just I don't know if you can really quite lay that much wood against a Seattle team. But at the same time, uh, Kansas City is going to be motivated. They're coming off extra rest after uh, losing the game, like you said uh, earlier. They they got the Chargers right on their right on their heels here uh, in hot pursuit. So they're going to be uh, you know they're to the fire here, and they need to come out hot and, and make sure they can have a good performance and take care of business here to make sure they can fend off the Chargers team. But then likewise, Seattle they uh, they're in the playoff hunt. And I know you talked talked about it, I think last week or the week before about how they're pretty complacent. Uh, of of where they are and uh, uh, in the in the standings in the playoff, they're not really going to move from uh, the fifth seed, is what it seems like. That that was a pretty big loss, uh, a divisional game there against San Francisco last week. So I think they're going to kind of have to refocus and regroup here and and try to steal one at home against Kansas City, being uh, a good team in in the FC, one of the best teams in the FC. So I don't know. I think both these teams are going to be motivated, and uh, I feel like you're probably getting a little bit of value on Seattle. But the problem is, I just don't really like the Seattle team either. So. And, you know, I, I kind of want to bet Seattle. I feel like that's where I should probably just off of principle is where I should look just for the number. But uh, at the same time, I just don't know if I trust this team really either. And I feel like Kansas City might uh, might be in a good spot here to to come out and, and win this game by, by a field goal or more. So, yeah, I think all in all, I think I kind of talk myself in and just maybe maybe watch this game. Like you said, it'll be a good game, a night game. We'll kind of wait and see where this number goes and maybe take Seattle plus three if it gets there before kickoff. Yeah, I think the, the number is – there's value on Seattle, but I just I like Kansas City more. I just I don't think Seattle's that good of a team. <sighs> but but the number doesn't really line up to where I think it's not a good bet on Kansas City. So I think I'll probably stay away from that. It is interesting in terms of seeding though. Seattle, I think that was kind of a pretty not shocking, but 
unlikely loss there to San Francisco last week. So Seattle does get to play Arizona next week, which you would assume at home is going to be a, just about a guaranteed win. But if they do lose just one of the next two and the Vikings win their last two, which at Detroit and then home Bears with potentially questionable Bears motivation is is definitely possible, then Seattle will drop down to the sixth seed. And the sixth seed looks like they're probably going to go to Chicago or potentially maybe L.A. as where the five seed gets to go to Dallas, which I think by all accounts is definitely an easier matchup. So I think Seattle should be fairly motivated to try to win this game because if they do win this game, then all they got to do is take care of that hapless Arizona team in order to lock up the fifth seed. But uh, on the other hand, Kansas City, yeah, like you said, they got Chargers right on their heels. They're both tied at 11-3. and three. And coming off, well, I'm sure, with a bad taste in their mouth after that uh, kind of blown lead there on Thursday night, now they're coming and playing at Seattle where I, I, I think Seattle, it's kind of an interesting matchup of styles here because I think Seattle is going to almost be like Baltimore West where they're going to try to pound the ball against them and shorten the game and – Hopefully the defense will be able to to somewhat uh, settle or you know keep them in check. Um, but and then Kansas City conversely is probably going to try to hit hit some more big plays and will probably get gashed on the ground again like like they did in the Baltimore game. But it'll be interesting to see which style comes out because I think if Kansas City comes out early and then Russell Wilson, who's been good but he hasn't been like slinging all over the yard to all his different receivers that much good um if he'll be able to match scores with kansas city or not so i i don't know i probably won't be involved in this one but this will be an interesting uh matchup for a lot of, like i said just the styles deal but also just how the there's so many different playoff implications on both conferences just in this one game so great great sunday night game should be a, should be a fun one to watch finally <laughs> on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of entertainment value we got denver road jock here heading to oakland Denver laying three on the road with a total of 43 and a half. Oh, yeah. Power in here, Denver minus three. Westgate open, Denver three. Look at line, Denver three. And the total here open 44. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll end, the, end the pod here on the last game, I think, with some fireworks and a big bang with the great uh, primetime Monday night game. Can't wait. Between I mean, between these two teams playing that I don't care about and have been really low on all season, I mean, talk about Denver and Oakland. And then, and you add that to the fact of how bad the Monday night crew is. I, I mean, I, for me, it's it's borderline, and you can't even hardly listen to it. I almost prefer to have it on mute. Uh, between you know that Booger guy and and Witten and the other, I don't know, just all all together, it's just a terrible. I, I just can't stand the crew. Um, and then you add in the fact that it's these two teams playing on Christmas Eve, it's like yeah, you talk about a perfect storm for a game. I don't really have any any interest in. Then you add in the fact that. Uh, you know, uh, two point uh, point spread that I just don't. I think it's you know right on. Obviously, my numbers uh, support where we're sitting at, and I don't really see anything else. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how you bet either either of these two games, uh, either of these two teams in this game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be a hard pass for me. Nothing uh, nothing to think about here. Yeah, same here. No want no part of Vance Joseph from Case Keenum on the road land shock, but who knows with the Oakland team? They've been abysmal at times. They've been respectable at times. Uh, not really sure. I do kind of like the angle that this potentially could be their last game in Oakland. So maybe they'll come out with a really good effort to kind of a send-off shot against a Denver team that had faint hopes of the playoffs going into last week. And then after they uh, blew that game at home to the Browns, now they're totally dead. So maybe it's a little bit of a dream crusher. We're out of it. Pack it in here for the season type effort from Denver. And 
a decent effort from Oakland. So if that's the case, maybe there's a little bit of value here catching the three at home in prime time. That's probably the way I'd look, but obviously it's hard in these type of games where you're kind of making assumptions and and, and guessing a little bit that uh, to really feel too confident and get involved too heavily. So that'll do it for week 16. That's sad. Our second to last full slate and our last really full slate where there aren't a ton of just totally dead games, even though there were a handful there. But uh, all right, let's wrap up the pod and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So we both got our picks home last week. We uh, both tied in that Minnesota tease that got a tad bit dicey in the third quarter, but I was never really worried. They pretty much had it coast to coast, wire to wire. Uh, you had it teased up with the Titans plus eight and a half. That uh, was never really in doubt either. What did they end up winning? Was seventeen nothing? Yeah, seventeen nothing. And then I had it with a little bit dicier. Uh, I had Houston that uh, was tied there late with the Jets and. Ended up winning by seven, so we both got ours home. That gets me to six and seven on the year, and that gets you back to four, eight, and one. So it's been a pretty good stretch here lately for you. Yeah. Uh, what uh, I think you keep the tee box. So what? Uh, where are you going this week? Yeah, like I was doing last weekend in Vegas, I was uh, pounding my driver down the middle and uh, trying to keep it in play. It wasn't the easiest to do, but uh, looks like I appear to be doing that here lately. So let's uh, try to keep that rolling. Uh, picks were good last week, and the pick of the week was good. So yeah, let's get it rolling. I'm kind of baiting here between a couple games. Um, I don't know where I want to go with it. It's kind of tough because I, I the problem is I like one leg of the teaser to go back to the well like I did last week, but I can't find really another one that I'm that I love necessarily to to, to pair that with the teaser because obviously I need two teams to tease it with. Uh, that doesn't come as a surprise, but um, uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of wavering here what I want to do. It uh, makes it difficult but i think what i'm gonna go ahead and do ah oh boy it's every time uh you know what i'm gonna uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna, what i'll do is i'll do a two-team teaser again I'm gonna, i don't love the second leg but the first leg which i like quite a bit i'm gonna take that houston looks like it's a one and a half or two so i'll just do uh i don't know what do you see of widely available there one uh one and a half probably yeah, I think probably, I mean, there's a couple twos, but I'd say mostly one and a half. Yeah, so I'll just do a six-point tease uh, upwards, get them through that three and through the seven, and I'll take uh, I'll take them there at seven, Houston plus seven and a half against Philly. as the first leg of the teaser. And the second leg, I will, uh, I'll just take take Dallas down from seven uh, down to, uh, down to plus, uh, minus one. Not in love with that, but I think uh, Dallas pretty much is to win the game, I think is what I'll go with, uh, since I can't find really a whole lot else to, to tease it with. So I'll take uh, Dallas minus one, and then that's one leg, and then Houston plus seven and a half is the other leg is a two-point or two-team teaser for my pick of the week. All right. Um, yeah, there's quite a few games I, like I like this week, but there's none that I'm really totally in love with. Um, I think I'm going to end up going with uh, with Pittsburgh here. I don't know, there's a handful of sixes, handful of five and a halves. I don't know if I think there's enough sixes out there. Um, yeah, I think there's enough sixes. All right, so I'll take uh, Pittsburgh plus six then as my pick of the week. Yeah. So that'll do her. Any concluding thoughts here on uh, this Christmas week? Uh, I don't know. Not, not really. That's uh, a good pick. I think, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to uh, get back to the holiday cheer and everything and, uh, Hope everyone has a good holidays out there. It should be uh yeah, good pretty excited for Christmas, all that stuff. See family, uh 
pretty uh, packed. Uh, we've packed a couple days for me, that's for sure. I know it'll be for you as well. So a lot of driving, a lot of, uh, you know, typical thing that you get with family and stuff. So, well, uh, yeah, hope everyone out there wish, wish, uh, wish Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. So, yeah, but as, as from the sports betting perspective, hopefully we can get back on uh, back on track, keep those picks of the weeks going, and I think uh, most importantly get the, get the Vikings uh, home so we can get them in the playoffs and hopefully make a late uh, late season run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not totally sure if we'll do a pod next week. We probably will, but the week 17 is always tricky because there's just so many games that are just complete dead games for the most part. But uh, we'll probably we'll at least try to sneak one in there, uh, probably next Wednesday or or Thursday, uh, with the the games that do matter and at least briefly mention them. But yeah, as uh, to kind of echo what Rob said, happy holidays, everybody out there. Merry Christmas. Have a good holiday weekend. Hopefully, uh, with some loved ones and some presents and some winning football bets. And uh, then we'll be back, uh, most likely next week to. To look over it and look over all the playoff scenarios. Yeah, at least we really should do it just to uh, at least break down what the playoff scenarios are for the last week. So it'll be fun. It's good, even though the some there's not quite as many meaningful games here. At least the games that are meaningful are uh, pretty exciting and should be good from a viewership standpoint. So enjoy your weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.